1: All right. In the, I'm not going to even start with the usual intro. First, I'm going to start off by saying, man, uh, congratulations. You broke uh, six miles in the name of the mighty Wapiti and in preparation for season. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> it's a tough year for me. Yeah, it's... Uh yeah getting older is no joke <laughs> well that and that's the thing right it's somebody here on 6 miles but you know we'll uh, we'll get into that get into that in a minute so we'll we'll get a formal yeah. intro and this you know so we're on with Mr. Michael Bozarth out of Idaho uh going to chop it up here and talk some elk and his pursuit and what drives him to uh Plug those six miles or, or ramp it up to those six miles and, and be excited for that. And Mike, I'll let you intro yourself and might talk about that six miles and not being spring chickens, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome, man.
2: All right. All right. Well, I'm Mike Bozarth. Um, I live up here in uh, Fayette, Idaho. Um, yeah, I'm um, no spring chicken. I've been hunting since the 70s. <laughs> And uh, kind of self-taught. Uh, didn't come from a hunting family, um, but I came from an outdoor family, so it just kind of came natural, I guess, um, from the reading Outdoor Life and Field and Stream and all that kind of stuff, you know. And and it's just been uh, something I've always loved, you know. And then there was a few years there. I didn't I didn't uh, didn't hunt or do much. And then I don't know, ten years ago, I got I said, you know, what I'm going to start bow hunting. And here I am, you know, uh, when you, when I started I was in, you know, I was actually in my fifties and, and uh, I was still doing pretty good. You know, I, I could go up those mountains and not have a problem. And, you know, I, it was all different when I first started, you know, but because I was living in Nevada and it's a different game there, you know, but uh, yeah, now I just, you know, every year, my passion is elk hunting. And I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I like chasing deer and and antelope and what bears and everything else, but really what it comes down to, it's all
1: about the elk to me. <laughs> you know, I, and I hate to say it right, because it, it, it does sound a little bit bad. And as much as I like to chase those other animals as well, man, it's just not elk. There's just something, just something yeah. about pursuing that animal to me that it, it just gets me firing on on different cylinders, man.
2: Absolutely, you know, and I mean, I when I first started, you know, I I didn't know anything about it, and and I went out and I drew a Nevada deer tag and bought a bow at Cabela's and had them give me arrows that I, they thought would work, and you know, I went out and. I shot a deer and that, man, I was so excited. And then my buddy says, hey, we ought to put in for this, uh, this, this cow tag, you know, and I said, and elk to me, it always been this like distant thing, you know, it was some unreachable, you know, goal. Right. And, and then, you know, it was like, yeah, we just, you know, back then, you know, it was, it was either put in for a cow tag or you put in for a bull tag you know and everything in Nevada is a draw and and so the cow tags were if you wanted to hunt elk well I wanted to hunt elk so we put in for the cow tags you know we drew three years in a row and uh had success at it it was completely different than I do now because really those seasons start August 1st and you know you're not I didn't know anything about calling or any of that kind of stuff, you know. We just uh went out
1: and ambushed him. find a cow, shoot a cow. <laughs> yep.
2: It was awesome, man. And I was hooked, right? You know, and then I had to figure I have to learn some more about this stuff, right? You know. And so uh I've always been the reader and, you know, and stuff like that. When I want to learn, you know, all, all of a sudden I had this elk fever,
1: you know. <laughs> the, so, the never uh, ending.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, I saw, went online, I said, well, we're going to learn to hunt elk, right? Better, right? Well, there's real hunting resources. <laughs> so I signed up for that and away I went. And since then, I've,
1: you know, elk one, you know, <laughs> Hitting, hitting, it all. You know, you said something there, you know, talking about it and, and it's kind of similar to me where, you know, that unreachable goal to go hunt elk, you know, for me, I, just, I, man, I have max points. I think I'm in second year of max points here in California. And I, you know, I wanted to hunt elk, but going out of state for whatever reason, right. I, I it was there, I had offers to go with folks and and some buddies that, that hunted uh, Colorado every year. And I just, it, it just seemed like it was so far off for whatever reason. Yeah. I've been out of state hunting deer and whatnot. And I don't know what it is about, you know, about me putting that elk off and chasing the points here at home. Um, You know, like, oh, man, this is, you know, this is my year. (laughs) And here here we are, 18, 19 years later, chasing, still chasing uh, that this is my year, man. And I probably have four or five years with all the creep and everything that goes on.
2: When I lived, when I lived there, the, you know, you could hunt the rosies and then the tulies, but there was no uh, rose, I mean, there was no Rocky Mountain season. (laughs) I got a buddy down there he has got every point you can get probably like you and he keeps putting in for Thule. And last year he was the one under the one that got it.
1: Oh man. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, it's really hard. It's like the tag that I put in for, there's only three tags every year uh, available yeah. for that area. And it, it, man, when you see the herd numbers up there, you got to wonder like, you know, ah. is that why, why is that? It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure they have their their reasons. But and there's some phenomenal animals, man, running around that area.
2: Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, you know,
1: you got to give California credit. They have some great resources there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at it, right, the tule, it's in, endemic to California. You know, this is the only place yeah. in the world that they exist. Uh, yeah. you know cuz i every once in a while i'll get a i'll get a wild hare that says oh, I'll just put in for that tag and it's like you know i can go hunt rosies in oregon uh, i can go you know washington well i, I can't yeah. you know rockies we can go anywhere why why blow all those points and i shouldn't say it like that but you know what i mean it's a it's a yeah. once in a lifetime opportunity and the only way that that tag is uh is getting spent is on one of those Thule tags, man. The only one. Uh,
0: unless
2: you got what fifty grand or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that ain't. <laughs> I mean, even but, you if, know, uh, yeah, you you would have to have some serious uh, some serious funds to get me to to convince that I should pay fifty yeah. grand. You know what I mean? Even yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't
2: know, I don't know what it is, but I I think it's a lot. And well, that's about it. And, uh, and I did. For, I did forget to mention I was raised in in Northern California, North okay. what, Eastern California. <laughs> Whereabouts? You know, and, uh, well, I grew up in uh, Nevada City, and Grass Valley,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then I hunted so I hunted blacktails and all that stuff around there. And then I, when I was about twenty, I moved to uh, Alturas, California, smack in the middle of the X, smack in the middle of the X zones. That really weren't much of an X zone then. Um, they. You know, when they first went to the X zones, they just put out a number of tags and then the amount of people that put in for it the next year, that was the, that was the cutoff, right? You know, so you could draw those, you could draw those X zones. I mean, until you get into like X5B and some of those other
1: ones were were tough, but X3B, X2, X1, easy money. X9A, man, that's a, that's a target for me is it oh dude they have some amazing bucks up there but i mean you look at that, that that entire eastern you know where we have our true migratory herds it, it's yeah. phenomenal bucks man yeah oh yeah but you know it, it, it i'm gonna say six to seven years as a resident and for me it's like i ah, i just want to hunt you know so i don't i yeah that's the problem with I those love- seasons is they're so they're so short yeah, you know, and it's like you- me and that was and that's part
2: of, you know, why I'm where I'm at. Right. Um, I just want to hunt. Right. And so when I moved to Nevada, I was, I'm a miner, gold miner. So you kind of follow the word. Um, you know, grant mining. I lived in Reno for a long time and worked at a m- mines out by Elko and Winnemucca. And then, you know, we were. They made it so you couldn't it, it, they made it so that you could put in for both a bull and a cow. Right. So that took the heat the that increased the heat on the cow tags because and you could you could draw both. So next thing you know, you can't draw a cow tag. So uh I'd started going, I had some friends in Idaho and 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 they said, "Hey, come on up here. You know, you just buy buy yourself a tag. You know, so you got to pay for it." And I just wanted to hunt elk, you know, and uh, and I did that for a while. And I finally said, "What am I doing this for?"
1: Yeah, might as well move.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we love it here, right? You know, I've been coming up here a really long time, and 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 uh, I love it here. And
1: you know, I'm still working Nevada, and live up here yeah when we were I, talking and you said that you were making that drive i was like oh man that's a little bit of a jaunt
2: yeah it's like four and a half hours uh between where the house where i work and my home here in idaho and uh so yeah so every but my schedule is pretty pretty nice you know i work four or five days or nights and i'm off for four or five
1: so and so what do you do with the and what what's your
2: uh, I am an operations lead man. so basically I help the shifters, the pit supervisors in the pit, and doing that stuff and chase these giant giant shovels around with their electric cables and uh, that kind of stuff. And then we have a dispatch system that all the you know we have really large equipment and uh, everything's run by a dispatch system where the there's a central control. It directs the trucks. The trucks all have computer screens in them and it tells the drivers where to go and all that stuff. Oh, There's wow. just a lot.
1: High tech. Yeah,
2: it's two different, completely two different worlds I live in. You know, it's, you know, my nice, peaceful home in Idaho where I get to, you know, hunt fish. And and then down there, it's super high tech, super uh, high pace. And, uh, you know, it's completely different.
1: No, you're living amongst elk, man. And that's, that's one of the yeah. stipulations, right? The wife and I have been talking about yeah. getting you know, out and, of here.
2: And, yeah. and I live in, I live in a valley, a farming area, but I'm not far from it. And so, and
1: not far from everything else, deer hunting, bear hunting, whatever you want, you know, yeah, it's awesome. fishing. And then you also mentioned, man, so, you know, and I'm not sure how I've been sleeping on that, but, um, uh, row hunting resources, Chris row, man, I got, so I, I was listening and I don't, sometimes I find time to listen to podcasts and I was listening to, I'd heard an episode of Kafaru cast a while ago. And I said, let me, you know, check it out some more. I kind of, I kind of like Aaron Snyder's temperament and everything. I, I kind of click uh-huh. with it. And, yeah. uh, he had done an episode with two episodes with Chris Rowe. And I listened yeah. to the first one, dude. And it was, it was about, I don't know, it was close to four hours, I think. Yeah. Man, I saw that one. What, what a flipping <laughs> awesome. That dude is he's sharp as a tack, man. And I everything, just about everything I've heard the guy say, and that was only about two weeks ago. I'm just like, I'm enamored with this man. I mean, this dude is like wake up get it together you know uh yeah yeah, he's he's awesome man so i actually just subscribed to his to row hunting resources so i can see and get everything um and it, it was really based on his ideology and you know his value set it was just i man i was i'm more than impressed with that dude
2: Yeah. And that was like the first, that was the only thing I could find at the time, you know, and, and, you know, it was, he really gets into vocalizations and, and, you know, he knows the language and, you know, that was the first um, experience I had with that. Right. It was like wow, these things talk, you know, right. <laughs> you know, I hadn't, you know, I really hadn't watched a bunch of YouTube videos and I started to, you know, after that. And of course you had sportsman's channel or whatever. And, you know, it was like, there they are, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, regular TV hunting and nothing against it, but it just, for me, it was like, not me. Right. I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty, you know, down to earth, basic, hunter right. right i don't don't have all the latest stuff but i mean some things i i there's some gear i tweak on a little bit but for the most part you know i don't no idea what kind of camo i have on yeah you know? <laughs>
1: <You're laughs> i don't out in the woods for that's years, all that matters
2: yeah I, for years i didn't even you know, know
1: what foc was
2: right yeah you know and and uh So I'm I'm a little more geeky about my archery
1: equipment. Well, uh, you know, what's funny about that you say that I was just having this conversation with a buddy of mine at the range is, is I remember those days you'd go and you would get set up at the shop and they would cut you a dozen arrows and whatever they cut and how, you know what I mean? You put that on your bow, you shot it and that was it. Right. Yeah. You you moved, you moved your pins manually, you know, three, five, seven, whatever it was. They didn't, nothing else did anything. You move them suckers up and down with an Allen key. And you went about oh, yeah. your business, man, you know, and it, it didn't, none of that. And it was kind of a nice thing, right? Nothing else mattered.
2: You know, I, and I was lucky when I got into archery hunting, you know, uh, where I worked, the place where I worked says, Hey, you know, you know, I told my, I bought a bow, right. It's PSE, whatever it was. And uh, they said, Hey, yeah, I need to talk to this guy. And, you know, he knows, you know, he's really into that. And so they introduced us and, he, he, he became my archery mentor. You know, he builds his own arrows. He, he knows how, you know, he's a Matthews guy, you know, and I didn't know what brand was what, right. You know, and, uh, uh, but he could tune the bows and, you know, she showed me how to do all that stuff. So I started building arrows a little bit, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, and we went from there and now I'm the geek and he's looking at me like, you know, I he, you know, he still shoots his Z seven and, and, uh, Puts his eighty-five grain broadhead through every time he shoots them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you know it's it's just a. But I got lucky; I did have a like an archery
1: mentor. Um, yeah, that's definitely being able to draw, especially in the learning curve, right? Being able to yeah. draw some knowledge from somewhere or someone else. Uh, yeah is, is a big deal, man. Cause you get on, you know, with now with everything that's available, you get on, you know, YouTube or whatever it is, whatever platform, and you almost, you can almost get lost in the shuffle. There's just so much information you know, learning that you don't know, you know what I mean? If you should be focused on, you know, you got that, that super heavy FOC crowd, or should I be, you know, on the bottom end, or is there somewhere in between? I mean, that learning curve almost seems to be exasperated by the amount of information that's out there. Just deciphering that mess is, uh,
2: Oh yeah. It'll suck you in too. Yeah, (laughs) It sucked me, you know, it sucked me in, you know, before too, you know, and, and I've, you know, figured, well, I got to get this or I got to try this, you know, and, and I have, and, and, and I've adjusted s- s- some of what I do, but I'm kind of getting to the point now where it's like, well, this is has worked for a while now, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, you know, I don't shoot a super heavy arrow. Uh, um, I, you know, I, I remember when I went from that s- single cam PSE to what is old, uh. WWJGD say the nuclear bow.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> first, time, first time I shot one of those went, wow. Right. It's a cool, you know, so I bought a flagship bow and, and,
1: uh, kind of been hooked on those ever since. Yes. It, one, that's the problem, right? Cause once you go down that geek out road, there's almost. There's almost no turning back. I mean, you have to really settle in and just say, okay, I'm done with it. Um it'll it'll drown you, man. (laughs) You get lost in that. Absolutely. You know, I I uh
2: but I, you know, I'm pretty basic on my gear. I don't, you know, I, I I try to keep save my money for the trip and and you know, and I gotta be realistic about it. And you know, I have a nice pack and and but she I got like I said, I got mis mixed mismatched camo and and who knows what else, you know. Um but it worked
1: and in the woods, that's all that matters, man, is just getting you through the yep. hunt and you're able to enjoy that time. So you know, you were talking about I, I heard you say something there about Elk One oh one row hunting resources. So there's a lot of, there is a ton of not, and they're not all created equal. And, and some of them, you know, it's kind of like that, that AVK, right. Audio visual kinetics type learning. Yeah. Um, what have, what have you seen as you've gone through the different, you know, call it elk hunting modules or, or platforms. Um, Cause for me, I, I like to, I like to get into as many as time will allow um, because I want, I want my repertoire to be as big or as broad as I can have it and not get stuck in, you know, just that you you get out in the woods. You're not going to have, you know, you may not have the screaming bulls. And if that's all you focused on, chances are you're going to be left there standing scratching your head. So what have you seen going through those different platforms and and modules? uh, And how have you used that to your benefit?
2: Well, I've used, uh, three of them, the, like I said, Roe, um, Chris Rowe's stuff, um, uh, Corey Jacobson's and of course the elk grows I've got theirs too. And I really like, I, I just, I just think it gives you some diversity in how you hunt elk. Um, to me that's important, right? You know, I've called in bulls. I've called in screaming bulls and, and, uh, you know, I've, not you know and i've ambushed and i've ambushed some i've sat on water you know and and so to me it's to me it was to me it's about learning everything i can possibly learn about it um and being better at it you know i'm no you know world champion elk caller you know i'm probably closer to doug flute than anything else but, <laughs> doug might like but, that <laughs> yeah you know right right oh man it's like yeah uh, but you know it works, and 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 I always try to improve. I'm, I guess it's just I'm always trying to improve um, myself. I I think that
1: the best piece of gear I have, like it or not, is me. That's it. You know what? That's that is probably one of the best things I've heard about elk hunting since I've been doing this podcast. That right there, because I think that's not said nearly enough.
2: I mean, it really is. I You know, if, if you know, I can go out in my, well, you know, my 2019 bull, I, you know, I, I had, you know, I was wearing cheap camo shirt and a, a brown pair of Biomark pants. And I called him in with a Primos, uh, what was it, a pack bugle, a little short pack with an external reed on
1: it. Mm-hmm.
2: Like all I did was one bugle, and here he came. Right? That's <laughs> just how it works. You know, if you if you can get there and make and do, and play the situation right, it doesn't. You know, you don't have to be a world champion elk caller, but it doesn't hurt to know the language. See, that's what I really like about learning the language. And that you know, like from Palmdale and 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 Chris Rowe and those guys. You know, that that language is really interesting to me. And it and and I've sat there and I've watched elk. You know, and and last year, you know the year before I killed a a nice bull. And last year I decided, you know, you know, my son was actually going to be able to come up and hunt, but he had a different, Area and my wife was my wife's first year archery hunting deer, and I wanted to spend a lot of time with them on that. And so I said, I'm not gonna, you know, and I'm not gonna go up that mountain again for, you know, like that. That was that, like, that broke me off, <laughs> you know. And I, that was one of those things about, the, you know, about learning your limitations. And, and it's like, I can get in there and I can, I think I can get in there. And, and if, I, and if I do play it right, I can get one, but then I have the problem of getting them out by right. myself. I'm primarily a solo hunter. Um, and that's kind of just how it's rolled. Uh, when my son can come up, you know, we have a great time. I called in a bull for him, his first bull last year. Um, you know, he got a nice six by seven. Um, and that was like that. And my wife getting her first deer was the highlight of my whole season. And what I had done was I had decided that I have X amount of days because I, you know, I, I got pretty liberal vacations, so I have pretty much the whole month. Um, so I decided the first part, I'm going to have to go out. If I'm going to kill an elk, I'm going to do it in the first part. And I decided I was going to kill a cow because I wanted to try to or try to kill a cow because it's just not that, you know, you go out and find one and shoot it. Um, but I. So I tried something different last year. I changed, you know, I pulled another, you know, opened the box and I said, well, what do you got in here? And so I decided to sit in a ground blind because I had a spot that they, that on my, on, in my Intel from the summer trail camera season that it, they frequented it pretty often, you know? And so that's what I did, you know, and I got fortunate and, uh, after doing the front country shuffle for uh, about six or seven days till my camp got stolen. And then I, yeah, that was a whole, that's a whole nother story, but yeah. So that's, that's, I guess what, that's what a lot of what I back to what you were saying about the, the, these different resources is I've just learned to do different things and not be afraid to change things up. And my expectations are, you know, meat in the freezer, you know, that's my trophy, room. You know, I, I, uh, I mean, I have some nice things on the wall, but that, that, you know, that I'm very proud of, but they're, they're really, you know, that's not my end goal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That that they, as, as nice as it is to look back on amount or Euro, however, however you amount them, right Euro or, you know, that, that, uh full mount or whatever the heck a guy tries to do man they you, you miss the flavor of uh that freezer it, it's, Oh uh, yeah, nothing is ever uh quite like that
2: you know i'm i'm uh in fact i'm looking at that bull right now and feeling my back and i th- and I think he's thinking he got the last laugh
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: right You know, but, you know, I'm very, you know, and, and I believe me, there was no, no more proud moment than sending that inReach message out to my son and my wife and my friends that, you know, big bull down. Right. You know, that's just one of those things that, you know, it's just like, well, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, he didn't go anywhere. He came in on a string, you know, I shot him frontal and he just stood there until he fell over eight yards and away he went down the mountain it was like yeah he went about 150 yards down the mountain until he finally hit a tree
1: yeah a uh, hundred feet when it's down you <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean he, that's he, that's an extra he, going the,
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he went the right direction <laughs> but, but yeah that, so you know and, and so those memories are great you know um and I mean, he's no three fifty bull or
1: anything, but he's, you know, very nice bull for me. And you know but so that solo pack out, man, how did that that's an interesting thing, right? Because you hear, you know, folks talk about it all the time. And and I I love I love my solo time in the woods. Although with the elk hunting stuff, I've I've enjoyed going out with folks more than, you know, like on my deer pig hunts. Um so I definitely enjoy getting with the buddies or, you know, my wife went out last year, my son, the year before, Um, uh, how, how is that solo experience on that pack out, man? Cause I know that, 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 uh, that's a lot of weight. It's a lot of work just getting that animal so you can pack them out. You
2: know, I've packed out, you know, most of my elk by myself. (laughs) Um, but, but most, but those pack outs were, you know, they might have been a mile or something like that, but they, the it was this one was different because um, of the pure steepness and and you know just it was just so steep and he wasn't a mile and a half in he about a mile and a but it was straight up and you know I had to pack him down which was I guess everybody says that was lucky but I don't know um, it took me three days. To get him out. Yeah. It took me three days to get him out. Um, you know, including the first day and, and, uh, so yeah, that was, that was the pack out of my life. I, I really did not want to repeat that um, by myself. Now we got my son's bull out and, and, you know, and and go back to what you were saying about hunting with, you know, friends and family and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I enjoy my solo time hunting too. I, I have no problem going out there. I'm, you know, I'm at home and I'm not, you know, last year I slept on that elk's blood trail because I, it, you know, it was, it was just too hard to see. So I just slept right there, you know? And so I'm comfortable out there by myself. I don't mind it. My wife's getting a little, eh, she's starting to get a little kind of sketchy about it, but um and that's where communication comes in and, you know, there's things like an inreach and stuff, but, but the hunting with, you know, my son last year, you know, went out there and, you know, and hunted elk, we've hunted elk before, but you know, we've had some call ins and, he just, he had just never sealed the deal. And that was just like the experience of my life and calling in your son's first bull it, it is nothing prouder. You know what I mean? And it's a six
1: yeah. by seven. Six <laughs> by, and, and it's a six <laughs> by seven. <laughs> Let's <laughs> not leave like, that out again. <laughs> that's rights yeah, that's I mean, yeah. right there, man.
2: And you know, I couldn't see, I couldn't see the bull, but I could see him. Right. And I could see the expression on his face when that thing showed up <laughs> and, it was, you know, if I could have got that on, just that on video, it was, it, it would have been awesome because it's like, where did you come from?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, and it was, you know, that was just low play. We played that bull all day long and, you know, they weren't, they weren't screaming. They weren't, you know, we got one chuckle out of that guy all day, but we knew he was there. So just kept working on him. Just kept working. Yeah. We took a nap in the middle of the day, pulled out and when the wind was bad, and came back and,
1: And uh, hit him in the evening and he finally showed up. That's, you know, that, that alone, that takes a different mindset, right? To, to stay in the game like that. Right. Because a lot of times you'll, you know, I know for me, there's been a couple of times where I worked a situation and it was just like, you know, man, I know he's there. I heard him. And it just, you know, you, you give it 30 minutes or 40 minutes, then you're on to the next. And and I've kind of learned that lesson the hard way. Um, but man, what, what fortitude (laughs) we'll say it takes to sit there and play it out and really to walk away from it and then come back to it and then seal the deal. Holy hell. Yeah. It's well, I hunted the area before in like
2: 2017 and, by myself in there and I had called in several bulls and just couldn't make it happen. And, you know, that was tough. I ended up shooting a cow. And, and, uh, so, it, you know, I knew that pocket, you know, should help hold elk. Right. And there were some tracks, but not a lot of sign, you know, And but there was a bunch of private down below and there was elk all over it. And he goes, Oh, they're all on the private. And I said, I ah, don't be too sure, you know, and so let's give it a try. And so, yeah, after, a, I mean, I, it was probably a good hour of just, really, you know, just that slow play kind of, you know, talking and raking a little bit and, you know, no bugling or anything like that, just some groaning and stuff like that. We, we He chuckled, you know, and, of course, my son can hear better than I how I can. I didn't hear it chuckle, but he did, and that's all it took. And so we just stayed there with him and let the – Cards fall as they will, and she couldn't yeah. couldn't
1: have worked out better. It was a good pack. too. Yeah, I like that pack out. <laughs> yeah, I got me low. Slightly downhill, (laughs) slightly downhill with a six by seven. I'm gonna put that in there one more time. So I'm gonna rewind us a little bit. So you you say it took about three days, and one of the things that we you know when we're out there in September, depending on where you're at, um, you know, is that heat. And I think and and folks talk about it, right? I'm not gonna say that people don't talk about it, but I don't know that that's something that we that we consider heavily, right? Because to get a bull out with with help is is a task, but then to have to spend three days packing a bull out by yourself, um, you know, taking care of that meat or getting, putting yourself in a position to where that meat doesn't spoil on you is a big deal. Um, was, yeah. it, was temp right for you or how did you, how did you handle it, it, that it meat was, care?
2: Well, you know, it was middle of the month, so it wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't good because where he, I mean, he, when he crashed down the first time, he landed, he ended up in the shade in a tree. And then when I moved, tried to move him around to get work on him, then he went down the hill again for another hundred yards, and I mean literally airborne, flipping. And I thought, sure, he's going to break something off. And then when he landed, he kind of landed in an open face, uh, you know, in some brush, and I nothing I could do to move him after that. So I, I was worried about it. So I spent that evening um, probably shot him right at three o'clock. I spent that evening all the way well into dark getting him broke down as best I could and airing out because I, you know, I knew it was going to be a couple of days getting him. So, um, yeah, I worked out. It worked out good. I got him, you know, I got as much as I could the first night took a load out and next morning came out and got more, got everything up in trees, airing out. Fortunately I didn't have any bears or wolves. Um, I had that, issue with the last year's cow, um, but the it was probably in the 60s during the day. Yeah, it wasn't bad, you know, uh, you know, low, low, upper 30s, low 40s at night. You know, I, I, I wasn't that work too worried about it, but I wanted to get him out of there. And, and, you know, it was all I could do to make it, you know, to make a couple trips, you know, a day. And, or one full trip a day in and out, you know, uh, this year, this last season was the one I had issues with, uh, um, you know, I didn't shoot that nearly as far back and nearly as bad a country, but she was still a good mile in, but you know, it was, it was 58, 60 degrees at night, you know, and it was so hot and it was 90 something up there on the mountain. And I was really worried about this one. And, uh, and, you know, and, you know, in fact, I, you know, I lost a little bit of it. Um, you know, and I, that's one of those things you learn stuff every year, you know, it's like, um, you know, I boned her out right away. You know, I, I, uh, got her, got her in the shade by a Creek and, you know, all the stuff you're supposed to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it was, that one, when I was worried about. It turned out, it turned out okay.
1: I, I lost a little bit, but not too much. Not too much. Yeah, that you know, and I, man, my preference, and I'd rather take that little bit of weight, man. I cannot. I don't like deboning and then putting that in the pack. It, it seems like that load is heavier. I don't know if it's because it's it's not as stable because it's not attached to yeah. that bone anymore. But man, that it it will whoop your butt.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I think that's where, you know, what you know, that's what I did. I, you know, I boned her out right away. And I think that was, that's part, that's something you got to think about in the heat. You might be better off, you know, or you're probably better off leaving some bone on to keep that meat stretched out instead of balling up into bags and, and, uh, and i've learned now to carry extra game bags so i could split that up instead of having you know a kind quarter in one bag you know um you know it's just stuff you learn I, you know I'm, I'm still
1: learning and uh yeah and not, and not again not to mention the structure that it provides and the stability on that packo cuz you absolutely. get the wrong country man with with you know deboned bone meat and uh it's going to whoop your butt
2: oh yeah oh yeah you know and uh I, you know i was able to get her off the hill two trips for me and that's because i don't i can't carry a hundred some pounds anymore you know um you know i i hey, but it was two quick trips down the mountain and i had her out of there but you know it was still i was still worried about this one it was 90 degrees up there and, and like see that debone meat the way it just doesn't want to sit right in there yeah. sometimes oh
1: man it's real you know
2: and, and, and no matter how you strap it down it just wants to creep yeah and you know and so yeah but it was a good time i you know
1: it, a mission accomplished there um i can't you know perfectly so those are those two accounts and I'm, I'm making an assumption are those two accounts one of the reasons to ramp up the, the fitness aspect, like that preseason or that, you know, that preseason prep. Cause I know you've been, you've been going, man, you've been running, running, running. And like I said, you know, we, we started this with, you know, congrats on the six mile mark. Yeah. Um, Did that have something to do with it?
2: Yeah. Every, you know, I, I, I generally try to start, you know, in early in the year, um, pre COVID I would, uh, you know, enter a couple of races, you know, half marathon here or something like that, you know, and there. Um, just to kind of start getting in that motion, you know, but it, and uh, and then last year, of course, with the COVID and all that, and then they shut all the races down. And I thought, well, I got bear season. I'll, I'll be packing bear bait. You know, that should probably work. Right. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it worked, you know, I mean, you know, you're going up a mountain with a lot of. Weight and stuff like that, you know, and I and I've kind of switched. You know, I it used to be all running, you know, and it's not that I think running is the ultimate training for elk hunting. You know, I don't; it's not. But it, but when you start getting into the distance running and and that's kind of thing, it's mental too. And it, it you know, it, it's a lot of the mental part of it. And I think I, I noticed that on that one the other day. And you know, I've. Like I said, I've run a lot a farther than six miles, but it's been a struggle to get that far this year. And, 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 and I think age has something to do with that every year. It's just a little tougher, you know, you know, I've, I've, I've lost like 18, 19 pounds since I started. Um, and you know, for every, pound, I think for every pound I lose, that's one pound I don't have to pack
1: up there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Really. You know, it's, and, and that's how I go after it, you know, and every year I got to go after it harder because those, that pack out taught me a lesson, right? Yeah. I was in fairly decent shape. Um, I got it right up in there and, and, you know, on them and, and, uh, you know, right at, you know, 2000 feet straight up, which for me is, you know, pretty good hump. And, uh, but boy, when I got him, you know, when it started time to, to get him out of there, that was a whole nother ball game, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and I was pretty well shot after that, Uh, you know, uh, you know, my son came up, we went, when we hunted and, and, uh, but I couldn't keep up with him. Um, there was no way, you know, after packing that bull out and, and, uh, so I just didn't want to be like that. You know, I wanted to be able to get in there and, you know, get it done, get it out and still have something left over for when I, you know, other stuff. Mm
1: -hmm. Hey, you You know? know, talking about it, it just made me think about it. I mean, especially on a solo hunt, right? I mean, there's a there is a level of fitness that's required for us to hunt, period. Right. But then yes. you know, in in terms of a solo hunt, there's there's a level of fitness that's required to execute all the way through safely so you can get home. Cause I know and I'm sure you've been in those positions to where you're just spent or something happens and you're like, man, I'm glad that I was able to pull that off and that, and I always lend it to the level of preparation, you know, before season. Yeah. And I've been in some, some ugly situations. Oh, me too. You know,
2: yeah, me too. And, and, you know, the old saying, you don't rise to the level of your expectations, you fall to the level of your preparation. Yeah. That (laughs) couldn't be said truer in that. And, and I live by that. Right. So it, and it comes in all, all forms, you know, and fitness for me, you know, is, is one of those, you know, it's like identifying those weaknesses, right. Those, those weak areas. And, you know, it's, you know, for me, it's generally not my shooting, but I shoot a lot, but, you know, and fitness in fitness wise, I want to be able to know, you know, I, you know, I can look on, you know, I can look on Google earth and I can say, man, I know I can get, find some milk in there. Then I got to think of it. Do you really want to go in there? <laughs> you know, and well, I'd love to go in there, you know, and then there's from, and, you know, and for me, I've had to change things because of age or fitness and, and, you know, soul hunting and all that stuff is that, you know, is that circle, right? I you mean, know, circle from where you take off. Where is my effective range? Yeah. Um, and you know that's what another thing that bull on the wall told, taught me. What is my effective range in certain country? I hunt really steep country, pretty much. Um, I don't know. You know, I I'll, I guess I just like it. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, I try to find. You know, I don't go miles and miles and 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 baby pack and that stuff anymore. Um, I generally hunt from. I'll say like a like a baby like a I call it just a portable camp you know it's either in my side by side or my pickup and you know and and wherever I can go in that day but I'm always prepared to to sleep on the trail if I need to you know um, but yeah that's you know that those kind of things have just elk hunting in general you know, and of course then you watch everybody on YouTube you know and they're going all these miles back in there and it's like. Huh you know, I'm just not there. And, and I just have to know my limitations, but I want to make sure that my limitations don't get smaller any quicker than they have to.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, so definitely. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but, but being able to, you know, as our, as our years increase, still being able to push, our limits man there's there's something very valuable in that right because you absolutely hear it where guys start to taper off and it's just like man you in my opinion that's like getting that you know you're you're creeping closer to that one foot in type deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and,
2: and i want to be able to hunt well what it really comes down to is i want to be able to hunt elk and everything else but as long as i possibly can you know i'm not ready to stop you know and you know and then you look at Paul Modell, he was on there the other day. What'd he say? He's
1: 66. Yeah. And he's, he's still. He's still going, going. Like,
2: heck. <laughs> <"Hick> yeah. Right. <laughs> Man, you know, I, you know, I love it. Right. And, uh, and so that's where, you know, that's kind of where I'm, I want to be, you know, and, 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 uh, so I just keep driving, keep grinding, Yeah, that's it. you know, I, and, uh, doing my best. I'm hoping next week, you know, within the next week or two to break that double digits, you know, and, and, uh, and Maybe next week, start getting some bait on the mountain and
1: yeah, that's uh, so the running thing, right? That the distance, running distance has never been my, my thing. Um, you know, when I played sports, it was you know, I was a running back in football and I ran hurdles in track, and I've never I've never been a guy that likes to run miles. I could sprint with the best of them. I can go to the gym and I can lift heavy, but I've, I've, like you were saying that, that focusing on that weak point. Right. And that's my weak point is that, that endurance, like my mind will push me through whatever I want my mind to push me through, but there's a, there's a point of diminishing returns, right? Uh, (laughs) I'm like, I'm going and it's like, damn, I'm going back. (laughs) (laughs) So this year I, you know, I, I, and what I'll usually do is I'll do my rucks, right? I, I love to ruck and I'll, I'll ruck around the neighborhood during the week. And then if, you know, steal some time on the weekend and go hit a mountain ruck with, you know, anywhere from 40 to 80 pounds in the pack. But I didn't feel like it was like it was doing it. So this year I, I was I was on the mountain and I go, you know what? I'm on a run from where I'm parked to right there. And I just there's a saddle that that I hunt below. And I go, I'm gonna make this freaking run. So I started that. It seems like it's been two or three months now. And it's been baby steps, man. And uh oh, yeah. there is yeah. something very, very empowering about pushing that limit when, in, in terms of the endurance portion of it, right? But it's more of a mental game. And like, I, you know, usually if I'm working out or something, I have headphones in, I'm listening to music. And and I've learned like during this process of me trying to get up this mountain on this run is I, I don't have headphones on. I, I started taking them off and there's something about the cadence and being there with myself that... Man, I come off the mountain on on this past Saturday, Mike, and I did eight point two up. And usually, I'll only log my uphill miles, and I and I got at about seven. It was about seven point six miles, and dude, the pain was kicking in. And I was like, okay, I'm not quitting. There's no way. Like, hey, you know, you're you're that voice in your head. I'm like, just shut up. You're going with me. (laughs) And, you know, 8.2 miles, man, I was just, I was spent, dude. My, my knee was hurting and I was just feeling, I'm like, I got to get back down. So I turned back, you know, turned back around and ran back down the mountain, dude, I did 16.4 miles. And I, I wish my wife was home. She was she was visiting our daughter up in Washington. And uh I the whole way home, man, I'm screaming at it myself. I'm yelling at myself. Yeah. <laughs> it is, you know it <laughs> and, and, and that's an amazing run to me. So Dude, it whooped my, I still feel it, but you know, what's funny is, is so when I would do this, when I would do my Saturday runs, I wouldn't run again until Tuesday or Wednesday. Since I did that, I've run every single day since Saturday. And when we're done, I'm going on a run tonight. It just gets something. Yeah, it, it gets in you. And, it's
2: and, and, uh, well, right before this, I, you know, I, I went out and did a couple miles, right. Um, uh, it's just something to, for me, that that gets in in there, and it's a psychological thing. Is a lot of it, right? You can, your mind will make your body. Your body will go wherever your mind tells you to, tells it to you, um, whether or not it's good for it or not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, definitely, uh, you know. it definitely wasn't uh past 8.2 last saturday yeah <laughs> but it's
2: but it's a learned thing right so now that you've done 16 whatever it is and now you're now your mind's gonna go yeah 16 ain't nothing
1: right you know we're gonna go for 20 uh, you know hey, i make and it 20 i run past that saddle because it's it's 15 miles up to the top that's awesome yeah and uh and I think
2: rucking is real important too, though. I do that too. Um, actually, earlier on when I wasn't getting the miles, and then miles, I was taking my dog and we were going out to the Snake River there and up there and climbing the mountains. You know, I put, for me, it's 30 pounds and, you know, in my pack. And because, I, you know, it's different. It's a different muscle, right? It's a different, um, um, you know, it works different stuff. And it's it's, it's the same mental thing. You know, I'm going to go to the top of that ridge. Right. You know, and stuff. And, and, uh, so I, I've kind of incorporated that in with it. I think it's, they're both are important. Um, but I really like, I mean, I, I'm not fast. I don't, it, it takes me forever. You know, um, you know, those old guys you see running down the road, you know, that's me, um, but you know, I, I, I,
1: you,
2: know <laughs> you know what but that's all right you know I've never been fast I've always been distance over speed though um even in high school I ran cross country i couldn't I couldn't sprint for nothing there was no sensing trying um but once you, but you get me out a couple of miles and that's where I would start you know feeling good you know and and you know I, I ran that uh, california international marathon uh, twice when I was once when I was 50 and 51 or 49 and 51 and two. And, and, you know, and that was a lot of fun. It's all downhill, (laughs) but, uh, that was one of those things where my second time, my mind told my body to do something it shouldn't do. (laughs) And I hurt myself pretty bad on that one. Uh, and it took me a couple of years to run again, but, (laughs) I still get out there and I do my 13 minute miles and, and uh, just try to get as many as I can. I'm hoping to break 10 here pretty soon and, and uh, get some
1: trails at real trail time. And those are what's fun as the trails. Yeah. I can't wait to, and I've been telling myself that I need to go on one Saturday and just skip my road miles, get to the base of the trail and actually run that but I've been kind of torn because I want to earn it. Right. I want to, I want to be able to yeah. at least run up to that point and then say, okay, the next <laughs> weekend I'll go run the trail to make sure that this trail is going to get me up to that saddle, right? On a run. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be in a, put myself cause I'm not carrying anything, but you know, water and a little light that flashes on my back. Cause I'm running the road for most of it. Yeah. But yeah, I, no, go ahead. I was going to say, but I really, I really do enjoy running on that dirt when, you know, once you, when you get into it. Yeah.
2: It's, I don't know, you know, like it's, it's, I don't think it's the ultimate, uh, elk training, you know, exercises, but I think it really, it gives you the endurance. It gives you the mental in, endurance as well. And it, yeah, you know, you, you go from running on, you know, road running or even mild trail running. And then you go, you know, you tried to climb 2000 feet up, you're going to get broke off, but you're going to be in better shape than you would have been. Right? absolutely. You know what I mean? And so that's how I look at it. You know, I, I, I get my schedule is so tight, especially when I am at work, you know, it's, it's 12, 14 hour days. Um, I get home, you know, I'm done. Right. And, and, uh, before night shifts, I'll get out and I'll run a mile, I'll run a mile and, and shoot some arrows and, and, you know, just to do something. And I think that's part of the ramping up thing. It's just doing something, making sure I'm upping my game as much as I can every day. Uh, You know, I'm no athlete, you know, I'm I'm no, I'm no Dan Staten.
1: Right. Right. You know, but, you know, but but, there's another, you keep dropping these names? Right. And that, uh, that you, There's a lot to be said about that guy's level of commitment to oh, his passion. Yes, <laughs> I tell you what, it's inspiring. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we you saw know, he, and- he posted last week, and he was him and his buddy were working out, and they did some crazy shit. I don't know. Excuse my language. He did like 600 box steps on a 20 inch box in 21 minutes. And while one guy was doing that, the other guy was running sprints or pushing a sled or, s- and I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm going to just set out today when I get home and I'm doing, I'm going to do these daggum 600 box steps. And, yeah. uh, I did, I could, man, I didn't do them in 21 minutes, but I've incorporated it into my workouts, but and that- dude, that felt so good.
2: Yeah. And, and that's, you know, and and, you know, I, you know, I'd love to like go to an elk shaped camp and something like that, but I just don't see it happening. But you know, you bring up the box steps, right? Well, you know, back when I was firefighting uh, we called them Harvard steps. Um, You did them anywhere. So I built a box this year because I really believe in that one that, you know, with your pack on, Mm -hmm. you know, those box step ups, um, that's a that's a good one i but my box is 20 inches it's like eight, 15 or something because you know it's just not ah, it works it best. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you know well you know i i you know I, I googled what you know i googled what a crossfit box or you know it's like oh yeah yeah. i measured it and i stepped up and i went no, yeah, i don't think so so i just cut it. i just made my own you know a little shorter and Works great. My wife painted the picture of the sawtooth on the side. had yes. bear tracks on it. It's my inspiration. Yeah, it's uh, it's just all those kind of things that I do. You know that, that, and then so I post like you know I know I posted the other day, but I post this stuff like little stuff every I, every day. And you know I'm not trying to say hey, look, you know, I ran a mile. <laughs> it's like no, I'm trying to say is that even though I don't have a lot of time, I'm getting you know. It, you know, you can get this done, right. You can do something. And so, you know, I, you know, I mean, I don't know, I'm just
1: trying to inspire and help others improve too, because that helps me keep plugging. And, and it's important too, right. And, and we kind of t- touched on it earlier, but as you know, 61 years old and you're, and you got the ability to still get after it and grind. So when you get out there to chase your passion, you're doing it and you're happy with how you're doing it. Um, yeah, that, that's and the, and that's thing. You, you don't want to be, you know, there's a certain level of, you know, face it, there's a certain
2: level of misery up there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that, but it's like a different kind, right? It's, it's like, you put yourself there, you have a, you know, and even if you don't hear an elk or see an elk or get an elk or whatever you're after, you know, you're, you've accomplished that, you know, and, and that misery is, is, is part of the is part of the journey and and but you don't want to be miserable like broke off to the point where man I guess I, you know I shouldn't have
1: you know I shouldn't have made you know pizza every night for the last six months. You well, know? That, I mean, you uh, talk about misery screaming at you, right? I mean the. the that's one thing, but to have the misery plus the regret of not doing what you knew you should have been doing yeah. in preparation, that'll ruin that experience yeah. for you for years, right? That, that will always be looked at I've, down. On spe- you. It's,
2: you know, and it's, you know, especially there's a lot of people that don't get to hunt elk every year, right? There's a lot of people that, that, you know, they're going to get, you know, they're hitting these mountains for the first time and they're going, wow, <laughs> you know, And so, you know, I I consider myself, you know, the good Lord has blessed me beyond whatever I could even imagine, you know, and, you know, so I want to make the best of it with, you know, with the time I have and the people I have in my life, you know, and, and being able to just to look at that ridge up there and say, "Yeah, yeah, I can get there, you know, and. Knowing that if I wouldn't have done what I did, I probably wouldn't even be able to come close, you know, and just, you know, uh, uh, hoping that other people can see that and say, yeah, I can do that too, you know, but you got to put in the time. At least I do. Now, my son, my son, on the other hand, he doesn't train. He doesn't do any stuff. He's mid thirties. And he'll be up there. He'll be broke off for a day or
1: two. And then he's running around circles around me. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> you that's, just, that's just that's just showing dad who's the boss at that point. <laughs> oh yeah, Heck yeah. But yep. the benefit, the benefit to it, right? I mean, you know, we we relate it to our elk pursuit. But the benefit, the long term benefit and health benefit of that pursuit is phenomenal, man. It, it oh it's, yeah. it's. In, well, there, there's guys that will argue it, right? But to me, it's second to none. I mean, you talk to the high country mule deer guys, and they're you know they'll have a differing oh, yeah. opinion, but elk's, yeah. elk's my thing. That's what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about elk. That's right. You know, and, and, uh, and it's made me elk hunting has made me a better, healthier person all around because I'm thinking about it. Except maybe it's a, you know, my wife might disagree on the like, thinking that. 24 seven. Bless her. She puts it. She is so amazing. She, you know, it's like, yeah. Okay. You know, she, she just, she just lets me go. And, and, you know, granted, I have to stay in contact and that's where, you know, you know, I got that, boy, that in has really extended my seasons. That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it hasn't made it perfect, but it's made it very handy. But, uh, what I was getting at is, is elk hunting has Made me focused on my fitness and my health and what I eat, even though I don't do it perfect all year round. I do have a, that you know the October slump, right? You know, you get the blue after September blues, right? Oh you man, hey,
1: that's real. That's real business
2: right there. i tell you what, man. Yeah, it's like I got how many days again? Oh. <laughs> you know, it, but it's made me think of my health and fitness. It's t- it, you know, it's taken it to another level. Um, than anything else ever has. Right. And so, and then, you know, and then if you do, if you do happen to get an elk or, or, you know, you know, whatever, meat you, you, you bring home, you know, you got some, you know, you got some, some good eating there, you know, and, and uh, it's healthy. And I don't know. I, I just think it's made me, it's improved. It's been a self-improvement.
1: Yeah. I, I would agree, man. It, I mean, and that's a physical and mental thing in my yeah. opinion. Absolutely. You know, it's made, it make, you gotta, you know, you gotta be physically and mentally tough.
2: Can you go out there out of shape and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And people kill elk like that all the time, but you know, uh, there's been a couple times I've
1: packed out, uh, packed out an elk and wished I'd have been in a little better shape. Well, You know, I, and not just the ability to go kill an elk, or pack one out, but the ability to see a hunt through, right. Because talk to a lot of people and they're like, man, I, you know, I got this far into a 10 day hunt, man. And I drove home, you know, the elk weren't doing this, the elk weren't doing that. And, and I think spending the time in that preparation and making yourself push your limits in the off season is going, you know, you talked about mental toughness Uh, it's going to help you push through Day seven, when you know you should be staying all 10 days, but you've already packed up camp. Um, cause Cause the been, only, been, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The only, your thing, guy, yeah. only thing that's on that drive home is a bunch of regret. I mean. Uh, abs- uh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how
2: many times I've wanted to to say, oh, no way, you know. Um But I've killed elk on the last day of the season or next to the last day of the season and i know you know and there's been times when you know i've killed or you know i have been successful with whatever i was hunting within the first day or first few days and then like i think 2017 100 100, 100 like 25 days you know and just just solid hunting and it it's a grind <laughs> you know
1: yep. even if you take so, a day in between we did i did 23 oh, last yeah. september And, uh, I should have done the whole month I did. And I, well, you know, I flew the wife into Colorado and then when I, we were leaving, it was bad winds, man. I mean, it was just horrible. So I gave it a couple days. So I missed a couple days. Plus, you know, I think I did that drive. I drove up with the buddies, stayed when they left, drove the wife home. And then drove back. (laughs) Yeah, eighteen hours each way. It was some driving. Yeah, yeah. And
2: I, you know, I'm before when I lived in the well, like 2018 was a tough year. You know, I drew it was my last year in in Nevada. So I threw in all my points on the whatever I could, you know, and I drew my finally after all those years drew my bull tag. Well, I also drew a cow tag. And so I had a cow tag and a bull tag and I'd bought a over-the-counter tag in Idaho. So I had three elk tags, zero elk, elk three, elk tag three, me zero. That year, everything that could go wrong went wrong, you know, but I drove back and forth between different parts of my, my two elk tags in Nevada were in two different, completely different parts of the state driving down for one thing. Down the other way, coming back, doing the other one, then coming up to Idaho, then back down, you know. And then the, my season got my bull elk season got shut off in five days because of a fire, and the, the, the waited all those years. And it's like five days later, it was <laughs> fire ran us out of there. But, I, but I've done that driving back and forth. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, I mean for hunting, you know, and, and like something would happen in the middle of the season, and I'm, I'm up here and. You know, we're back then, back then, I'm non resident. I'm living in Reno. And, you know, my wife texts me and says, You got to come home now. You know, this, you know, because we took care of her mom for years. And so I drive all the way back down. And then, you know, we work that out. And then I drive all the way back, <laughs> you know, to, to Idaho, you know. So, man, yeah, it's, but you know, it's what you live for, right? It's the month, it's the month that we wait for you got to make every day is you, that you can, I mean, you got to be responsibly family wise and, and that kind of stuff too, you know, only sorta in September.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you, you know, it, it, and
2: there's, you know, there's a, you know, and, and I've pushed, the, believe me, I've pushed the limits, you know, yeah, I'll be home tomorrow, you know? Um, and then we just kill an elk or something, right. you know, but, but, uh, you know and that's and that's you know when you try to be for me you try to be a you know a good husband and and you know family man and take care of business the rest of the year you know and, and, I, and it was really cool like last year I got to include my wife in her for you know or I got to take my wife on her first archery deer hunt you know and I got you know she shot a you know, she got her first deer, and that was like that was better than me killing an elk to me, you know, and so those are the kind of things that that I think help also
1: yeah that's uh I was hoping this year my wife would have a bow in her hand for elk season, but a little harder, harder press. She wants to get out there more. So at least she's willing to go, but man, that uh, the six days that she spent on the mountain with me last year was, uh, was pretty much second to none, man. That uh, absolutely. That yeah. time's amazing.
2: And, and, you know, it. it's, we, we went out for her, she had a rifle, she had a rifle uh, elk tag you before last and we went out and man, I just don't, I just don't know this rifle hunting thing, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, there's people everywhere, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like, wow, this is crazy. You know, but we had fun and went out a few times and, and, uh, but she's getting to, you know, she's, she got herself, and we both got new bows this year and, and uh, she's, so she's, you know, she shot her first duty. She, she worked for it she shot her first year last year. So, you know, I, I have a
1: gra- we upgraded her bow. And, and so now she's going to be styling too. Yeah, that's right. You said you were shooting that, the, that black gold sight, huh?
2: Yeah. I, so I got, yeah. So all my bows have black gold sights on them.
1: Man. I love that pro site.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't have the pro. I have an older, uh, I can't remember the verdict,
1: the bird. ascent verdict or something.
2: Yeah, it's, it's the dial. It's the, it's the dial by pin dial. Um, so I got, you know, those on all my bows. Um, and then of course it didn't look like you
1: were, you were, you were sporting the QAD. Yeah. i you know, so I have, well, I'm looking at three bows right now and the only, the only difference in on one of the bows is I have the, uh the spot hog fast Eddie, but on, on the 60 pound bow, there's the ascent uh, black gold. And then on my, my new one, I built solely for elk. Cause my, this is the like, it's made for elk. Yeah. <laughs> my elbow. Wow. Uh, I got that pro and man, the, the micro adjust, that sight is just to me, it's perfection. I was really like up in the air cause I like vertical pins. Um, and on this one, you know, it's just, the, I got a three pin and I was a little bit hesitant and uh, man, I'm in love with this side. I might put it on the, the oddball bow, we'll call it at this point, grab one and put it on that bow. It, Man, that side is so nice. It's just so well built and smooth. Um, and I really, really like the weight of it. Yeah,
2: I've I haven't I haven't used that one. I've just like I said I've used the other Black Golds. I, they've always been rock solid, you know, to me, and I've never had an issue with any of them. Um, you know, I they're they're all the same They have the dial and and all that. And, uh, but I've I've always liked them.
1: Yeah, I really uh, like that site.
2: I, I don't see a reason. I mean, I know there's other good sites out there, and, and you know, I, I don't you know whatever everybody likes this is great to me, but, um, you know, that's just what's worked for me. And it's, and that's a lot of what my equipment is, is what has worked for me. You know, um, like I shoot a 60 pound bow. I, you know, I, I'm, well, my new bow is 60. I have it up to like 64. Um, but I've, you know, every animal I've killed has been 60 pounds or under, you know, and, and, uh, with my 385 green arrows, <laughs> so
1: yeah, that's the worst it now. Yeah. If it ain't broken, do will fix
2: it. Yeah. Well, this year I geeked out a little bit, you know, I thought, wow, well, maybe I need to work my FOC on this new boat. And so, you know, I got the, I, I do, I got the bolt Revoltex. X, um, you know, it's just what, it's just so it shoots so good for me. You know, every you know, everybody likes whatever they like, but um this is what works for me. And and so I tried different arrows this year because they're you know, and I tried different spines. You know, some people suggested, hey, go a little heavier on the spine than you think you need. And and when I did that, I was amazed how well the broadheads flew, right? They flew but then because that's to me, that's all that matters. I'm not, you know, I'm not a target shooter. I don't go to You know, I've been to 3D tournaments and stuff, but that's not, it's not my game, right? It's, you know, my game is getting up there and, and, you know, trying to get a shot at at an animal, right? And so 90%, you know, 99% of my shooting is, is here, either here at home or on the, I take, you know, I'll take targets up on the mountain. I'll try my angles and all that kind of stuff. So what, but, uh, you know, it's just what, what's worked for me. And, but I, I, tried the different spine. I, you know, I increased my FOC, um, on, them. Um, I went to a different arrow than I've been using for, you know, the last few years. And, and, uh, so we'll give her a try, you know, it, it, shoots like a dream and, and it's not as fast as my other ones, but, you know, but probably cause I increased the arrow weight and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I shoot it really well and I shoot it well farther than my other bows. So,
1: yeah, that's what um, I, I noticed. I'm more stable with my new build, and I and I increase the weight, so I'm sitting at just under eighty four pounds with that with that elk build, and uh, man, I actually I feel like I'm I'm more stable on my hold than I am with my seventy because I primarily shoot my seventy pound bow, and uh, but man, it I hold that that eighty pounds, I mean, just rock solid, man. And uh, I've, I've really enjoyed, I was out at the range with my buddy Caesar on, I want to say it was Sunday. I don't remember last weekend. And uh, man, it was just phenomenal to just to hold. And I like to practice, you know, my, my extended hold. So I'll hold for 30, 45 seconds, a minute and set on target and just sit there and just hold, 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 hold. And then, you know, when I feel like, okay, I'm fatigued enough, I'll take that breath and I'll let her fly, and yeah. it was just, man, it was like, you know, you have those days on the range where it's like, I just can't do anything wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it, it just felt so good, man, and that's what I was telling Caesar. I'm like, I don't know what it is, if it's a mental thing, but I'm holding this 80 pounds back better than I hold my 70-pound bow, and, and there's not much difference in the setup.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that it, it Maybe the setup, and that's. First off, hats off to you and the other guys that can shoot. They can draw those eighty-pound bows and hold them like that. I, th- I think that's amazing. You know, it's just like, uh, you know that that's uh, that. You know, hats off to you because you know that it's not in my. When I first started archery hunting, I had a shoulder issue that had like frozen shoulder or something like that. I couldn't. And it, it archery hunting actually helped my shoulder. <laughs> you know, become mobile again and, and, uh, but that, you know, I can shoot a 70 pound bow. It's just, uh, it's just not comfortable for me. Right. Cause I, you know, I, and I've had good luck with my, with this poundage and, and it's like, man, I can draw this and hold it all day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I know I'm sure there's better setups I could probably do. And,
1: you know, I'm sure there's, and, uh, Better you for know. who though? That's the question. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like,
2: I, I, I go out there, you know, and, and it's all relative right to what you do. Right. So for you, eighty was 84 pounds. That's enjoyable to you and you're comfortable with it. Well, that's kind of like my level where I'm at. So I got my, my revolt up to like 60, I had a 65 and and it's like, well, I'll take a turnout. and that's just about right, right here. Cause so I like that. I like that medium where I can draw in any position from any angle and I can draw the bow and I can hold it down and walk around, you know, and that's, you know, cause that's what I had to do on this bull. You know, I drew on him when he started coming and then he went behind a tree of like 60 yards and I didn't know which way he was going to go. So I'm just trying to guess and he bugled above me. I'm already full draw. So I just ran up the hill and waited for him. You know, and I, actually, I don't know how long I was in full draw. It might have probably, it seemed like forever to me, but it could probably, might've been 30 seconds. It might've been a minute. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it's just one of the things that for me, that's, that's important Mean I <clears throat> or sitting on the ground or, you know, whatever, being on draw in that, in those oddball positions. Cause I've lost a really nice deer. I lost a really nice deer or I didn't lose him, but I didn't get a shot at him because, you I could not draw my bow in the position I was in because I had to draw down behind the bush. Right. And he was coming, he was coming, you know, and he was coming to to this fence and when I was going to get him, when he jumped over the fence and I could not draw my bow and I had lifted up the bow a little bit and drew and he busted me. And so, it, uh, so after that, I was like, no, nope, I'm going to shoot where uh, something I can draw, you know, in
1: any position. And that's critical, you know, man. A just, lot of guys, a lot of guys will, you know, hear 80 pounds or you know see somebody shooting 80 pounds, go get that 80 pound bow and struggle. I mean, even with 70 pounds, um, yeah, and, and struggle with it and think that you know that you have to shoot it. And it's like, no, man, no,
2: you don't. But you, but if you can more power to you, right? Because there's that, there's that extra layer of, of, you know, that you have in case something, you know, yeah. Do you need to, do you need 84 pounds to pass through a, you know, the rib cage of a elk? No. But if you happen to hit that shoulder or something, that's where, you know, and that little extra weight on that arrow is, is going to make a difference. I realize that, right. You know, I just, but for me, it's just something I have to, to mitigate. Yeah.
1: So, you know, it's funny you talk about that is, is like for me, right. With this build, I, the trajectory that I shoot, right. It, it, based on my arrow weight and, and my speed, I am very, very comfortable with that trajectory on my other bow. And I just, I shoot it and I'm not you know, patting myself on the back, I shoot it, in my opinion, phenomenally. I can take that thing out to 120 yards. I can thread a needle. I mean, I can shoot that thing. So when I built this bow, the idea was I wanted to increase my arrow weight, um, but I wanted to achieve the same trajectory because I know what that arrow is going to do in flight. And that was the goal. It wasn't about drawing 80 pounds. It was about increasing that arrow weight and achieving yeah. the same, that same, you know, um, same trajectory. flight. Yeah. And man, yeah, and it, it, that was the goal, you know, not to draw 80 pounds or not to, you know, say, oh, I got yeah. my boat cranked down to 84. No, there was a there was a, a, a means to an end with this build. Yeah. And I'm so glad and, I did that.
2: Yeah. And and trajectory. See, that's another thing that's really important to me, is, is trajectory. And that that equates into mm-hmm. pin gap, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, the, you know, we often shoot. You know, when you're shooting elk, you're not always in the wide open, right? You're a lot of times you're shooting through windows. You're shooting through small areas, and I've even on deer. Well, I'm. I don't know where it came from, but I had a beautiful shot at a probably about a one hundred and fifty mule deer and broadside. And I thought the shooting lane was clear, but I, obviously it wasn't. And somewhere along the line, it disintegrated on a branch, you know. And so, knowing your, you knowing your trajectory is really important to me. So I, so when I went to this boat, I did sort of the same thing, right? So I'm going to shoot, okay, maybe 65 pounds and it's rated at whatever it's rated at. And so I wanted to find an arrow that kept me within the, my trajectory, comfortable trajectory range. So I know where that arrow is going to be in flight, right? At least reasonably, right. I, you know, it's, you can never really, you know, there's always surprises, but, Um, And so that was important to me too. So when I increased my arrow weight, which I did, I didn't increase it a lot. So I didn't, you know, I'm not up in the 600s. I'm not even in the 500s, you know, um, but I'm in the mid 400s now. Whereas before I was at like 385. So I've got a little bit slower arrow, you know, a little bit slower bow and a little bit heavier arrow. So my trajectory is a little more on this one than my, even, you know, on my other one, but I think it's going to work out great. I got a little more, you know, I got, you know, I got
1: 15% FOC. And the, now that I know what that is, right? <laughs> that to me, that's the number right there, man. That, that, uh, 50, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Area. yeah so I'm 15%. And we're going to, you know, we're going to try
2: this out. I've got a heavier spine arrow than I've, I've shot before. And it's, man, I'm shooting them. I'm shooting them broadheads. You know, I each. I tested, I, I tried, I probably tried four or five different arrows and different spines of each one. And so, and then I shot, you know, I got them shoot two paper, then I'd shoot broadheads with them. And then once, you know, I, and I finally just came to this one. It's like, man, this bow shoots these, this arrow really likes, you know, she's multiple broadheads, not just, a, you know, one, you know, because you never know what's going to be in my quiver. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like, well, you know, whatever's flying right. Well, before it was whatever's flying right. Well, now I've tuned, I'm tuned enough where I can shoot multiple different broadheads. And, and so that's, to me, that was an accomplishment I, of this year. Um, we're going to see, hopefully we'll see on a bear here in the next month or two.
1: So what's, uh, what's cracking for the 2021 plans, man. Are you staying in your home state? Or are you heading yeah. out anywhere? No,
2: you know, I, I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I thought about putting in for, you know, one of the reasons I moved here was, so I wasn't buying out of state tags anymore, you know? And so, um, but I've got to, you know, you e- know, e- you look around, you know, I, man, I sure like to hunt New Mexico or like to. Then there's this point thing, you know, and I'm not a point guy. I've never been a fan. Um, I, you know, I played the point game for years in Nevada. Um, you know, and I worked with, uh, well, for a resident, it's not as bad, right? You know, yeah, it's true. Um, Yeah. You can draw, you can draw a deer tag if you're not too picky pretty much every year. Right, you might be every other year or so if you're not too picky on a archery cow tag, or you know. But that bull tag, right? So, so it took me five or six, whatever it was, years to draw the bull tag. Now there's a seven year waiting period. It doesn't matter if I kill the bull or not. You know, seven years, you're waiting seven years before you can apply apply again. So that's another five or six years, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I started looking at these states, well, you know, I could probably get this in two years or you know, uh, you know, Colorado or Montana or something. And it'd be fun to take a trip. And I, you know, New Mexico was either, New Mexico is the, is the one for me that's a little bit uh, attractive because it doesn't have points. Right. So whatever, whatever stage of the game I jump in, I'm in the same stage of the game every year. Yeah. And so, either I'll draw it or not. And there's, you know, and then it's just learning to be smart about doing it. So that would probably be kind of fun before I retire and can't afford to go anywhere. Um, you know, but yeah, I'll be hunting, uh, Idaho this year. Uh, you know, depending on what, you know, my license comes with an elk voucher and a deer voucher and I'll probably put in for the, uh, unlimited antelope again, it's archery tag, you know, it's like get it in the same area I deer and elk hunt. So, um, it's a little earlier, but it gets me, you know, it's a chance to get out there. Um, so it'll be pretty much, a you know, elk for sure. Get my, my wife, um, get her deer tag and at least a deer tag, maybe an elk tag being on, the, how that goes. And, and, uh, my son, because of the way they changed the, non-resident say you know i understand what they did and why they did it um to a point um I've never had an issue with you know being a resident for you know a few years now i've and even when i was a non-resident I never saw a whole lot of non-residents where I go um, but i Yes, there's certain areas of the state that was you know pretty wild, so um, you know they wanted to dis- disperse it. I think <laughs> I think they did not expect the the, uh, the deluge of of you know online applications at the same time. Oh man, that was and, killer. And you- it was because you know my son my son and his wife were you know online at that uh, my my wife or my son's wife was like number one or something like that. she still waited 30 minutes or an hour to get you know a deer tag right and and she could have got an elk tag she wanted but they had just you know they they were expecting a baby and they're they did not expect to elk hunt this year so it you know there was, this year was never a plan to elk for them to elk hunt. But and my son was online at the same time, and my my other buddy that you know, um, I've got a friend over there over in central Idaho that has a place that we stay a lot and he's like, we got our own room and it's really nice. So it's his dad. Anyway, so he, he, you know, my buddy's down there and he works in the mines too. And and he's online trying to get a tag and he can't get it. He couldn't get a deer tag or a tag and he's finally got frustrated and just quit. And so, yeah, so this year, but my son and his wife did get deer tags. So we'll be, uh, they'll be bringing a two year, three year old and a, Newborn, uh, so to uh, go deer hunting, which that'll be
1: awesome. Get the whole family. Oh, out. it was
2: awesome. Well, when, they, when their first one was born, I guess it's 2019. Um, they brought their little, you know, they brought their less than one or around one year old up there. Then they might even, yeah, up there then back and we we made an elk camp. I don't know how far back in there, nine miles or something side by sides. And we camped there for days, you know. And she and she had that tag and and uh, gave it her best shot. And and uh, you know that elk tag's tough because it's spot and stock only, really. Um, but you know, so they're they're no strangers to bringing the kids, and we we always like seeing them. So this year will be yeah, elk and deer, maybe antelope, bear. Um, bear season's in full swing, and I'm waiting for the snow to melt. Um, he said, you know, it's just why I feel so blessed to live up here. The good Lord's really blessed me, you know, and our family. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I can't think of a better, better place to be my age. I
1: am not blame you, man. Except,
2: except for independently wealthy and retired. Yeah, there you
1: go. Chasing, chasing those $50,000 tags.
2: Yeah. No. But yeah, so I, you know, and, Every, to me, every year is a clean slate,
1: especially when it comes to elk. It's gotta be, right. You just gotta, you every. Gotta, you gotta have a short memory, man. If you carry it around the woods, you're screwed. You know, and, and that's, I, I guess that's puts,
2: you know, uh, back to the very beginning here, where the pushing that extra, you know, extra hard to get those extra miles to get, do all that is because I see it as I'm starting fresh every single year and there's no guarantees, right? You're, there's no guarantees that you know I'll kill any elk, let alone a you know a bull. Right? I think uh, depending on how much elk is left in the freezer this this year, I might you know be more. I don't want to say selective, but um, hold
1: out a little know. bit
2: yeah I, you know i don't know well you know we'll see it's, it's really hard for me i am a i am a meat hunter first this is how i was raised and that's how you know when we hunted when we were kids it was for meat and you know you went deer hunting right you just went deer hunting you know everyone you know there's these came along man you went deer hunting it wasn't about you know and i'm not against the guys that do you know that that are selective um that's you know that want only mature animals. I have no problem with that at all. You know, I got get a lot, especially my Nevada friends. Um, you know, because that state is, has some really nice animals, and I mean, so does Idaho. But you know, it's a, it's a different game there. You know, and and uh, you know, so I I totally I totally get it. You know, and I don't have any problem with it. But for me, it's just like I don't know when's my, you know. <laughs> Like, was it Randy Newberg says, he says, I got a lot more seasons in my rearview mirror than my windshields. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, that's facts, man. You know, so that's, you know,
1: I, mean, I know I've been dropping names all night, but, uh. but no, that's, I mean, that's, that's wisdom, right? I mean, you know, for me, I've been like, yeah, I don't know. I, I have this standard that I set. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm gonna hold it or not this year. Something, something's got to die. <laughs> well,
2: you know, and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, if your goal is a, you know, six, six by six or whatever, whatever it is, man, that, you know, that's what you're, that's what you're working for. That's what you're going out and running out there. Those, you know, was 16 miles or whatever it is for, Right. You're going out there to get that. That's why you're building the bow like you do, because that's what you, you know, that's your goal, you know, and and uh, like 2019, I wanted to kill a bull, you know, Every, all previous years. It's like I would have killed a cow, you know, but there was this challenge to me because I knew where this bull, these bulls were <laughs> running and I never had the huevos to go up after them and that year I decided, you know what, if you're ever going to get one, you know, like the, the one you want, you're going to have to suck it up and go get them. And I, you know, and I, and I did. And, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, it was great experience, man. There was nothing, you know, there, there was no experience, you know, but it was funny because I was, I text my kids and my friends and you know, it's like, Hey, I got this big bull on the ground, you know? And I, I said, you know, and I I said, uh, kind of up here by myself. If you'd come up and help me, he goes, Oh, just think of the, what was it? The, uh, satisfaction you'll have after packing it out by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The, you know, the, the, you know, the self, uh, you know, yeah. Accomplishment, I guess like, all right, I get where you're coming from
1: but it worked out. Well, shoot brother. I will uh, let you back to life, man. I absolutely appreciate the time and conversation, um, man. Best of luck to you on the, uh, on the mountain this year, man. Hey, yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch your plans. But- My plans. Wyoming still yeah. has those on hold, buddy. We uh, <laughs> trying to get back in there. And it's really, I mean, I don't know, man, the way they, the way they change their draw dates, it kind of screws you for everywhere else. Right. It's, you know, Oh, it, Oh yeah. It, it's not until, I think they said May 20th for non-res. And what I'm hoping if, if I draw a then I'm going to go ahead and just blow all my points. I'm going to go after antelope. I'm gonna go after mule deer as well. Uh, if I don't in get into Colorado. Wyo, yeah. If I don't get into Wyoming, I, uh, put in for Colorado, a unit that I probably won't draw, which is fine. I'll grab a point and then uh, just go OTC because, you know, with wild going, you know, drawing non-res may 20th. you don't, I can't run the risk and apply anywhere else. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It just, ah. it, and that's what I was saying about that whole game,
2: you know, and I didn't mean to cut off our ending there, but that's that whole point thing, you know, where, where the States start manipulating it, oh, yes. you know, and, and it's just like, oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a know. rough and one. Just, I mean, and then they hold your money. So you have to pay in full. So I paid in full <laughs> in January. And then my points yeah. are on the lower side. So I went with the special tag. So the special tag is double the money. Oh, yeah. Right. So, like so now. 1200 bucks or something like that? Yeah. So they, get, <laughs> they, they got 1200 bucks for five months. So, you know, you're just kind of sitting there laying in wait, man. And I've I've been, I'm growing more and more antsy as as it gets, you know, and it's just like, man, and I, I couldn't find the date and my buddy, I hit him up and I said, man, when did they draw? And he sent me, they had sent an email out with the tentative dates and I I couldn't believe it, man. My head about hit the, hit the table (laughs) when I saw it. So Yeah. But that's it, man, is is hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll end up uh, back up in Wyoming, man. To, I got a vendetta. I got a score to settle with that yeah. state. You going to hunt deer in your home state? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, a, yeah. the problem, the, the problem that I had is kind of have is kind of what we were talking about is it's not elk. Um, so we, we're actually open right now. So I have to put in, I'm going to definitely put in for my elk tag here because a little earlier uh, runs a little yeah. longer. Uh, But then we'll get, you know, for, for our home tags, I usually just try and get the longest season that I can. So I'll do my typical... A zone tag, which gets us—they actually shortened archery this year, but it gets us about six to eight weeks, depending on the year. And then I'll do a late season tag, which is like mid-October, and then runs all the way through December thirty-first.
2: Oh, that's nice. Yes, yeah, you know, there's opportunity there. People don't—I don't, don't think—realize. Oh, <laughs> great opportunity. You know, it, it, you know, yeah, it's California and. You know, you know, we all know about that, the rest of it, but, you know, when it comes to that, there's really is a, it, some good hunting there. I had a great, I grew up you know, I had a great time hunting there and I never have killed a blacktail with a bow yet. Um, And one of those day, one of these days, I'm going to go back to my, my old home D zone
1: or, and see if I can make that happen. Are, the, you know, the numbers, man, the numbers that the last few years and the quality of deer has been... Uh, has been phenomenal, um, especially on, you know, in our blacktail ranges, the mule deer, you know, at least for my hunt down here is eh, um, yeah. you know, a couple of good, you got, good desert. Bugs, you got a desert mule deer down there. Yeah. Well, we, man, we have some really good desert zones down here, um, yeah. but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's it, man. And we'll probably, me and a buddy are planning to go chase some pigs here in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. And the turkey thing, there's just too many folks out in the woods messing with turkey. I
2: just can't, yeah. And I just can't get into it, man. I saw old huntsman got one. Uh, I just haven't been like, really I went out a couple of times, you know, a couple of years ago. And man, if they, you know, I just couldn't get into it. And like I said, the people, it's pretty, you know, pretty popular. Yeah. It's, a, it's the first time of the year. It's, you know, and, and, you know, and it's a great thing for the kids and stuff, but uh, I, I'm kind of hooked on this uh, spring bear thing. Um, we're going to see how that works out. I, got, I did all right last year and, and uh, we're going to see if we can
1: keep up, keep at it. We don't get spring bear here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know it, man. You're like, Hey, man,
2: you guys are lucky you can, you can hunt them at all. You know, and, that was, that was,
1: and our that numbers, was cool. numbers are are really good i mean we had you know the, the bears deserve it but these folks here don't get it
2: oh yeah no i'm I, i'm really i lived there a long time i i saw how it, they changed everything so much like the lions and everything back when i was a kid it's a
1: 10-year moratorium on mountain lions that was what 70s or 80s yeah now yeah. well that when did they when did they pull them off totally was at ninety one or ninety two, and then yeah, yeah, and now they they have them on the temporary endangered list I until twenty twenty five, and it's just like yeah, that, that makes zero sure. sense. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but all right, brother. Well, again, man, I appreciate the time. It was great uh sitting down. It's an honor being on talking. Yeah,
2: man. honor here on being on here is hearing that. And you, you, I mean, you got that podcast voice, you know. That's pretty awesome. You, man. <laughs> I know you hear it a lot. <laughs> hey, it's been, hey, it's been a lot of fun. I like I say it's an honor to be on here. Um, and uh, man, just uh, stay in touch. Absolutely, brother. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, see each other's posts and stuff about what we're doing, and
1: and keep yeah keep that, plugging away and inspiring, man.
2: Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do, you know, and, and I don't have any big platforms or anything. So I just, you know, post my little stuff. But hey, it keeps us going, right? That's it. September. Yeah,
1: buddy. It's coming. <sighs> Thank you for listening. Follow Western Contours on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up at westerncontours.com. Episodes are available on most major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.